Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, Welcome. to Warriors Wrap-Up. And Bob Curry takes another three. It's up and good! He's got 62! On 95.7, the game. Pass to Wiseman off the pick and he flies it for a dunk. Jam! Oh, by Oubre! He caught it right at the restricted area and slammed it home with a left hand. Here's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Well, the Warriors couldn't quite get the 5-2 and two homestand as the Pacers outscore the Warriors 31-20 in the fourth quarter. A 13-0 run after the Warriors had a two-point lead. Did the dubs in in the final three minutes of this one as the Warriors wind up now 6-5 and five on the season. The defensive intensity was there. Uh, but the offensive execution, in particular Ryan Covey in the fourth quarter, was not. And you add it all up, and the Warriors, uh, still a good homestand, I think, overall. But they definitely missed an opportunity for it to be a great one with how they played in the final three, four minutes. Yeah, it was just execution down the stretch, and you give the Pacers plenty of credit. They they played well. They deserved the game when it was all said and done. You know, the Warriors threatened to maybe put some distance between them a few times, but this was just a close game for the most part. I think the Warriors' largest lead was nine, uh, so it, it was it was really up for grabs. And when Steph checked back in with Draymond, uh, you know, conversely Sabonis and Brogdon checked back in for Indiana, and you're like, all right, here we go, buckle up, it's crunch time. And the Pacers just made more plays. They got more ancillary contributions they hit some threes some guys that don't normally hit threes I mean Miles Turner went three of five from downtown what about Aaron Holiday too tonight JD 12 dimes 16 points hit a couple of big threes as well uh, he was clutch and, and in the end I think the Pacers bench outscored the Warriors bench and, and outproduced them and, and for me that was a huge part of this as well 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570, Warriors wrap-up, John Dickinson, Ryan Covey, that's the phone number to participate in the program as the Pacers beat the Dubs tonight, 104-95, so Golden State, they finish this homestand, the seven-gamer that began on New Year's night, four and three, and now they'll head out on the road the first of a three-game roadie Thursday, as they'll be in Denver, then Phoenix, and the Lakers. Uh, another night 
Covey for the Warriors to take a loss when Stephen Curry uh, is held in check. And the Pacers were throwing the kitchen sink at Steph. A lot of box and one chatter in the postgame Zoom uh, with Steve Kerr and discussions about just all the different looks that he's seeing. I thought Steph looked a little bit tired tonight in the fourth quarter, uh, but the math on this thing is simple. And Sunday was, you know, the outlier at this point. Five and zero when Steph is aggressive and going for thirty plus. One and five when he's not. He never really could get into an extended rhythm tonight and and make his presence felt. Yeah, and, and the Pacers, they're they're a hard nosed team. They're even you know without Oladipo tonight, they're going to come out and give you a workman like effort. Uh, they'll grind. We know they love to to get it down in the post. They're the number one paint scoring team in the NBA. They're not some glitzy team that lives out on the perimeter. Uh, you're going to have to work against the Pacers. And you know their last couple times out, JD, they they took a loss in Phoenix or two Phoenix, you know, at home, uh, and then they go up to Sac, you know, the other night, uh, last night, and and had a bad loss up there. So uh, defense. They had let things slip a bit, and you could tell uh, they were intent on tightening the screws. And, I mean, look, man, the the word's out, right? I mean, you don't need to be Red Auerbach to figure out that, you know, Steph Curry's not scoring. The Golden State Warriors are going to have a hard time some night. So teams are going to throw the kitchen sink at the dubs, and it's going to be up to the others uh, to get the job done. And, you know, there were some positives to take away. Kelly Oubre, I thought, had a pretty good game tonight by and large. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Steph, I thought, did look a little fatigued um, in the fourth quarter. And, and this might might be the point, J.D., where, you know, the Warriors had the long layoff, but now the games are coming, you know, pretty fast and furious. So you could be catching up to you a little bit. Teams have played Steph pretty physical. So it all kind of added up to eh, they just didn't have enough in the tank down the stretch. Hopefully they can they can bounce back. But four and three is still a successful homestand. And just th- 38 points in the second half for the Warriors. Turnovers plagued them. Uh, offense, offensive flow. Excuse me. <clears throat> And Don't another cry rough on me, night JD. No, I need you. I need you to. I need you to grab it for just a second. Yeah, no, clear your voice, man. No doubt, absolutely. No, it was. It was a tough loss, and I mean, you know, you look at the fourth quarter in, in Indiana. You know, their their role players, I thought, really stepped up, and you know, on a night where they don't have Victor Oladipo, who's you know one of their leading scorers. Obviously, they got Sabonis, they got Brogdon, they got a lot of different guys that can score. Um, I, I think they they felt the crunch tonight, JD. Like, hey, they didn't want to lose three in a row. They didn't want to lose their first two games on this road trip, uh, and. And in the fourth quarter, specifically, they played that way. But their defensive intensity in the second half, I mean, they they ramped it up, and the Warriors just didn't have the answer. Yeah, the Warriors just got a different game than than the game that Indiana played last night, even without Oladipo. Last night, front end of a back-to-back, it was a very loosely played game, an offensive-minded game, an up-and-down game. And the Pacers, I think, to your point, got back to their identity tonight after taking a loss that that they probably were pretty upset that they took uh, into Sacramento. Um, 888-957-9570-888-957-9570. Another big part of this game was the bench unit without Eric Paschal tonight. I was tracking this throughout the course of the the second and fourth quarters. 24-9, 24-9, at the top of the second, top of the fourth quarters, the advantage for Indiana. James Wiseman got those minutes for Pascal, and he really struggled in that moment. 
Yeah, and yeah, you start the second quarter. Uh, the Pacers had an 11-1 to run in that second quarter. It was Wiggins, Weissman out there uh, with Wanamaker, Lee, and, and Kent Bazemore. Um, you know, after that 11-1 to Pacers run, Damian Lee uh, gave them some, some much-needed scoring there. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it was, it was a lot of, uh, it was a lot of the Pacers, you know, throwing a bunch of bodies at Steph. And then when Steph was out, wasn't out there and he was getting his rest, I, I thought the Warriors at times struggled to unlock a few things. And, you know, Damian Lee's a guy specifically JD who's has delivered a lot. I mean, he's been so good at both ends and he was bringing the energy tonight, uh, but he just, he wasn't hitting his threes. I mean, he ended up two of seven from three point range and he had a, a couple opportunities down the stretch um, in that final five minutes to make what would have amounted to some pretty important threes at the moment. Uh, and, you know, they, they just rimmed out. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, he was way off or anything, um, but that's, you know, it's Damian Lee's been such a, a terrific contributor so far anyway. Um, it's, you know, unreasonable to expect him to bring it like that every single night, uh, but that, that definitely uh, wasn't going his way down the stretch either, but you're absolutely right. I mean, when uh, when it was normally Paschal time, uh, the last, you know, seven or eight games, there was no Paschal time to be had, and the Warriors you know, really didn't have anybody to step up and fill that void. No, they didn't, and, and Damian Lee, a, a nice night for him, but nobody really uh, other than him able to, to fill the void, and in particular in the second half, and the Warriors just got themselves in a spot where they, they probably liked where they were. Uh, you know, Answering back after Indiana took a three-point lead, the Warriors then quickly, well, Michael Mulder and Damian Lee, mid-fourth quarter, hit back-to-back threes. The Warriors were up 88-85 at that point. And then Indiana with the big run, it, it was tied at 90, and, and Indiana... Uh, after they got it up to where they were up ninety to eighty eight, the thirteen to nothing run to flip that thing, and Indiana would go on to win it one hundred four to ninety five. Uh, I think the Warriors would have been pretty happy when they got Draymond out there with Wiggins, Ubre, uh, Lee, and Curry with three twenty nine to go. It was a tie game after Indiana had answered, and then they just didn't have it down the stretch. Aaron Holiday tough to contain tonight Ooh. for the Warriors. I know you mentioned him off the top, but but he just he got loose. And and the Warriors really didn't have an answer for him. Yeah, he was he was had it going inside. He had it going outside. He was distributing. I mean, there there was just a lot to like about Aaron Holiday's game tonight. Man, I looked up. I was like, I feel like he's he's had a lot of assists. Then you look all of a sudden, he's got twelve assists. And you know, the the shooting numbers weren't off the charts by any stretch. I mean, he ends up six to sixteen, but they were just such critical points. And I thought he was really good at both ends as well. I mean, he was a big part of of the defense that they were throwing at Steph Curry. Uh, both the Holiday brothers, I thought, were were pretty damn good tonight. Um, and, and you know. Look, Dougie McDermott got in some foul trouble. He had three fouls early on, and you know they were going to need to get some shooting from elsewhere. You know, so you're thinking at the time, okay, Noel Oladipo, Doug McDermott's in some foul trouble. Uh, maybe the Warriors can you know use this to their advantage uh, and, and keep the game out on the perimeter a bit. I mean, we know how good Indiana is down low, but I also thought too, JD. You know, with James Wiseman being in foul trouble, even when he was out there playing with five fouls, he had some good moments. He really did, um, but he had to play you know a little more timidly, not wanting to pick up that sixth foul. Uh, and, and Sabonis, you know, at times, and really Turner uh, were able to feast as well. So just a little too much Pacers tonight. And, you know, I don't think there's any huge takeaways from this game other than, hey, Indiana's pretty good. They were hungry. They needed this tonight. And they executed just a little bit better down the stretch. I, I think the, the size and the rebounding and, and the paint scoring was evident. But other than that, not too much to take away from me other than maybe Steph a little tired. 
Yeah, and there's there's a there's a couple of different ways to look at it too, though, because I think the Warriors had a chance to get greedy in this one. I mean, it was the second night of a back to back with Indiana taking a loss last night, and they don't have Oladipo out there. And I know the Warriors didn't have Pascal as well, but it just it it felt like it was the chance to to get greedy. And the Warriors, it felt like, should have had the best player on the floor in the final three, four minutes. And it it just didn't happen, at least going into it, right? You've got Steph Curry, even though it wasn't a great night for him, and even though he was the focal point of the defense. It's just one of those games that you feel like with everything ahead and the fact that the Warriors had set themselves up to be in a position to, to... be six and four and maybe seven and four with the, with the tough stretch that's that's coming up here. It just felt like you know we won't know till a week from now, but it felt like it was a real opportunity for this team to to really put an imprint on these first eleven games and say, you know what, we're here, we're here to stay. I, I think I think it's a slight step back when you just look at the specific circumstances of tonight's game. I think still yeah. big picture. It's very much a positive that this team is six and five after the the zero and two start. But in the in the micro context of just tonight's basketball game, I, I think they let one slip. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, seven and four, you would be ecstatic right now if you're a Golden State Warriors fan. Six and five feels good. Seven and four would have felt freaking great, especially considering the way the first two games of the season went. And you're right. I mean, you got Indiana on a back to back and one of their stars isn't going. So, uh, it is a game you would like to see him get. I, you know, I, I still think too, they had gotten pretty comfortable, uh, with the rotations, JD, and, and, you know, the, the roles that guys were playing and not having Pascal out there really hurt because, I mean, you, you nailed it, man. I, I think even though this game was close, down the stretch and you know when Steph and Draymond check back in it was you know I think a three-point game and they turned that thing around with you know the Damian Lee three and the Mulder three uh so it was it was still there to be had but there were those stretches where you know that second unit got bogged down by that you know really just dogged uh Pacers defense and and that's a a thing that you know at at times lately Pascal's been able to unlock so they really didn't have much of that going and I mean you look up and you know uh Damian Lee was a guy in double figures but other, other than that I mean Three for Looney, three for Bazemore, three for Mulder. That was it from the Dubs bench tonight. So uh, not going to cut it when Steph Curry, um, you know, only hits three threes and only scores twenty points. If you're only going to get what twenty one points from the bench, uh, probably going to be a hard uh, road to travel for the Dubs. Warriors wrap up. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey, and you at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Pacers beat the Warriors tonight, one hundred four ninety five. Let's go to Tenderloin Dad. Uh, Tenderloin Dad, you're up oh, first here on, on 95.7 yeah. The Game. Kobe, J.D., how are you guys, how are you guys doing this evening? Good, player. Good. Good to hear. You know, tonight was a really fun game to watch. It was difficult at times. You know, the Warriors obviously were missing Eric Pascal deeply. I mean, he's really been a shot in the arm for the Warriors. He's that guy that will go out there and get you 18 points, 16 points, rebounds, you know, and you feel the impact. And I mean, I'm six and five. I'm this is an okay record. I'm fine with that right now, you know. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the Nuggets and the Suns. And you know, the Warriors are gonna, you know, have to start playing a little bit better. Hopefully, guys will get healthy. And James Wiseman needs to stay out of foul trouble. I saw Steve Kerr kind of railing into him tonight after he picked up his like fourth or fifth foul. But uh, anyways, guys, that's all I got to say. I'm gonna have a nightcap and then hit the hay. night, y'all. Appreciate it. <laughs> Not the best night for Wiseman. Uh, you know, the yeah. foul trouble aside, it just he rushed a, a couple of shots early on, and, and then he just looked 
for the most part, out of sorts playing with that second unit. It was a role we talked about uh, on the pregame. We thought, hey, this might be the good spot to get him the extra minutes, and it just it just didn't work. He, he was flying around making some plays defensively aside from the foul trouble, but offensively it just feels like everything's a rush right now for him. Yeah, there was a, a, a he had a good little stretch early in the fourth quarter. You know, he had a you know a block, it was uh, one end. He gets a rebound, then you come down. He blocks a shot. I mean, he was he was doing some things, but I felt like at times tonight you could see Weissman's frustration. He he got at the officials a few times, and he was calling for a foul call where he basically you know gets a gets an entry feed that he's bobbling as he's trying to attack the basket, and he's looking for a foul call. It's like, dude, there's. I mean, there's just no way. Like, you, you're not getting fouled. You know, you just, you didn't, you never had a handle on it. So I thought maybe he got a little bit frustrated tonight. That's okay. I mean, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and file that under. I know that he cares and, uh, you know, he's still finding his way. Um, but it doesn't get any easier for him. You think about it. He's got Jokic, Aiton, and Anthony Davis coming up on this road trip. So, uh, you know, shake it off. Uh, you know, Sabonis and, and Turner, they're, they're some damn good bigs that he was seeing tonight. But, hey, that's that's just life in the NBA. So he's still working some things out. I would have hoped for a little bit of a better performance tonight just because they, they really could have used it. But it's, it's almost, J.D., unreasonable to expect this guy to be, you know, playing at some, uh, you know, elite, consistent level because just not there yet. Warriors wrap up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. We'll come back. We'll hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, uh, following this one. Still time for your phone calls. We'll keep it going until about 1130 tonight as the Warriors fall uh, in game seven of their seven game homestand to begin the year at Chase Center. Pacers beat the Dubs tonight. 104.95. You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Waiting for help as the Pacers are back on defense. Draymond gets it middle, right side to Curry. Dribble drive around, Brogdon, no look to Wiggins. He'll let it fly. Three ball, right corner pocket for Andrew Wiggins, and the Warriors are back up by nine. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. Three of Andrew Wiggins, 22 on the night. Tim Roy with the call. We welcome you back into Warriors wrap-up. Pacers, though, get the last laugh, 104-95. They beat the Dubs tonight. Uh, Andrew Wiggins still uh, working that three-point percentage up on the season. Four for nine tonight for Andrew Wiggins as he finished with the 22 points, uh, but it wasn't enough as the Pacers wind up winning this game by nine. Uh, At the moment of that highlight, that was the Warriors' largest lead of nine in this game. Pacers didn't have their largest lead until the closing three minutes of this one as part of that, that 13, nothing run. Uh, and they go on to win it. But what, what'd you think of Wiggins game tonight? Uh, overall? Yeah. First RIP Nate dog regulate. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I honestly, I, I, for a while, I thought Wiggins was having maybe a little bit of a quieter game. And then you look up and you're like, Oh wow. Seven rebounds. He ends up with a career high five blocks too. Like his length, uh, it's just so evident, and, and he can force guys into turnovers, um, you know, just using his hands and, and just his his awareness out there. I mean, he is a high IQ basketball player when he's being assertive. Um, you know, he's got every shot in his bag. Uh, his his actual shot looked a little flat at, at times tonight, um, but 
I mean, by and large, you know, you go four or nine from three pointer. Uh, that's that's clearly a you know a very good night at the office for him. Um, like that free throw percentage to get clipped up a little bit, but I mean, Andrew Wiggins has, has been really really good, and the forgettable performances have been few and far between. I mean, he's I, I would go so far to say JD, he's probably been. You know, it, maybe Curry's been the most consistent, although by his standards, he's even had some up and down games. I, I would even venture to say, outside of maybe Eric Paschal, Andrew Wiggins might be the most consistent warrior at both ends of the floor this year. What do you give me for that? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I think that's possible. I like that. I didn't think tonight was one of his better games. I, I really didn't. I, and the free throws were big. Uh, four of seven from from the free throw line tonight. That the blocks, I mean, that's that's great, and it's back to back games where what he had four blocks on on Sunday night, five blocks tonight, the career high as you have you mentioned. It felt a little bit more. There are just some shots that he misses where it's just kind of deflating, and it's those it's those flat like wide open jumpers where you're thinking, okay, this is a great look, and he just leaves it he just leaves it short because it's it it's so flat. And and I think that at times can can just let the air out of of everything the Warriors are trying to accomplish a little bit. Uh, and and tonight was a I don't know it, it you're right uh, on the offensive side I think defensively he was felt but on the offensive side even with the 22 points and I think he had five in the final minute. Uh, after the game yeah. was pretty much decided, there were a lot of back and forth and timeouts and challenges. So it, it was kind of a quieter 17, and then he got over the hump in that final minute to put him at 22, but never really, other than a couple of three-point shots, made you feel like he was he was really in charge of, of what was going on out there offensively. Yeah. Well, and, and I'll say this, you know, the thing about Wiggins, it, it, on a team that he's the number two scorer, it, on a night where Steph doesn't totally have it and they're just throwing the kitchen sink at Steph Curry, I mean, Indiana is daring for somebody else to beat them. And, and Andrew Wiggins has the greenest of green lights uh, to fire away, uh, you know, and, and by and large, he's getting a lot of open looks, he's getting some pretty good looks, I just... What you could do to make teams pay, and, and the worst, he's just not quite this player, a guy that could like go off for you know thirty five or forty on a night where Steph just doesn't seem to have it. And and again, I mean, you look up, and you're like, all right, twenty two points, like you know, not a certainly not a bad night for Andrew Wiggins. I mean, we've seen him struggle, uh, you know, to to much greater degrees than this. But you would just like to have one player, and Wiggins would be the most likely candidate to make teams pay when they're throwing all that attention at Steph, and then just to take some of the onus off of Steph Curry because when you're out there, I know Oubre had a better game tonight, but by and large, when you're out there with that starting five, Draymond Green's not going to score. James Weissman's still figuring it out, so there's going to be plenty of nights where he's not going to score. You know, Oubre hasn't been scoring. He's been missing everything, so... Where else is it going to come from? And and I think Wiggins also has the the pressure of being with that second unit as well. And so the, he's getting a lot thrown at him. And and again, I, I think he's been pretty damn good. He's been pretty damn consistent. You just it, and it's maybe an unreasonable ask, but it would just this team could be a click better if you had somebody that could make teams pay for throwing all that attention at Steph Curry. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Warriors lose to the Pacers 104-95, so the Dubs now 6-5 and five through the first 11. The seven-game homestand is complete. The Warriors now 4-3 and three 
at Chase Center through seven, two and two on the road. It's been a while since the Warriors have played a road game, believe it or not. Two weeks now from uh, two weeks ago tonight was the last time that the Warriors uh, played a road game. They'll be back in action on Thursday in Denver, the first of a back-to-back where they'll take on the Nuggets and also the Phoenix Suns. Tonight, a better night for Kelly Oubre in 29 minutes. 17 points. He knocked down three three-pointers uh, and seven attempts. And it was a night where you, you felt a little bit better about him being on the floor when he checked back in in the final three minutes or so and the game was uh, within a basket. You felt like, all right, uh, you know, he, he's earned his way out there offensively. Uh, but one of, better, one of Oubre's better, I, I think, games in the early going this season, it, it's too bad from the Warriors' point of view that they didn't have a couple of more guys knocking down shots more consistently uh, to where they could have turned it into a win. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought up when he checked back in because he had an opportunity to have a great game tonight. And when he checked back in, I mean, let's face it, he really didn't do much. And, and the Pacers, at that point in the game, were basically getting anything they wanted offensively. I know the Warriors tried to, you know, a couple full-court presses, and they were really aggressive, you know, trying to get some steals. And, and you know, as the, the lead started to grow for Indiana down the stretch. But, um, you know, Oubre had a really nice game for me right up until he checked back in in the end. So you'll, you'll take the building block. You'll take the step forward, you know, from the overall product. I mean, you know, 6 of 11 from the floor, 3 of 7 from downtown, um, you know, kicking in five boards as well. Uh, but just overall, not quite where you want it to be. And, and I felt like in crunch time, again, where, you know, it's, it's basically I felt like tonight it was, okay, Steph, can, can you go out there and, and win it for us tonight? I mean, that was kind of, you know, the feel in, in crunch time. And, and, you know, he's can be up to that task often enough, um, but it just there just wasn't enough going around tonight. By and large, their energy just wasn't where it needed to be. Um, it was just kind of a kind of a sleepy game. So I would have liked to have seen Ubre finish as well as he started. And I feel a lot better about his game, but by and large, I think he could still characterize this as a step forward, considering how bad his shooting's been leading up to this point. Yeah, and the story of this one for the Warriors, and it really from the 5.05 mark when Steph Curry hit a 19-footer to put the Warriors up 90-88, to uh, you got to go all the way to the 114 mark when Andrew Wiggins hit a three. The Warriors went scoreless for almost four full minutes there, and they wind up losing this thing 104-95. Another key moment was Draymond Green's missed dunk. Uh, the, yeah. the Pacers had had uh, shot clock violation, and you know Draymond Green drove the lane and and missed a cram, and Damian Lee wound up getting the rebound, and and Michael Mulder ended up missing a three. But it felt like it, it felt like Draymond in that moment, uh, if he throws that down, it gives the Warriors a four point lead. The Pacers then ultimately wind up tying the game late, and that put them in that position where it was 3.30 to go, and it was tied up. But the Warriors at 90-88, their, their best shot there in that four-minute stretch was that Draymond dunk that he missed. Yeah, and that was particularly deflating for the team. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, this was always going to be, you know, a game decided kind of on those little margins. And, um, you know, Indiana, I, I think, got a lift from that for sure. Uh, and, and ultimately they just ended up making the plays down the stretch. Did you did you feel like the Warriors a few times defensively kind of fell asleep? Um, because I, I think, by and large, they've done a really nice job defending pick and rolls throughout the, the majority of the game. And, and they've done a pretty good job slowing down some 
Sabonis. I know, I know Turner was getting loose a bit, but, you know, really you look up. I mean, the Pacers hadn't even, you know, hit a hundred until late in the game, but I feel like during crunch time, you know, when it was, the Warriors had a chance to maybe get a little separation or keep this game even a little closer. I felt like they, they were caught napping a bit defensively, and, and I felt like Indiana's ball movement was really crisp, uh, and, and the Warriors were just maybe a step slow there. Obviously, the, you know, the, the results spell it out by them getting outscored, but I just felt like there wasn't that same focus defensively that there had been for the first you know 45 minutes of the game. There were a few more mistakes, I, I think, for sure. And I don't know if, if some of that was maybe fatigue. Again, it's hard to, it's hard to say fatigue when, when you're not the team playing a back-to-back without maybe your best player, <laughs> certainly your best guard uh, in, in, in Victor Oladipo. So it's, it, you know, that's a tough ask. I, I will say, and I know I did point this out earlier, not, not as an excuse, but Indiana for the second of a back-to-back, they really conserved energy la- uh, last night. Like they just They did not. <laughs> like It was two completely different ball games. Uh, they played basically an open gym last night, and, and the game uh, tonight was like it was, you know, rugged on the playground uh, where, you're, where you're fighting for, for every basket you can get uh, both ways. So yeah. uh, the Pacers, and I think we hit on this, were really trying to get back to their identity. And I also think, look, the, the Pacers could, could smell a team that, that they felt was beatable, and and you could if you could take Steph Curry away, the Warriors were a beatable team, even without Oladipo, if they put their defensive imprint on it, and they were able to do that. Uh, and down the stretch, the Warriors, I think, did make a couple of critical uh, mistakes in in terms of coverages, and I think some of it was Darren Holiday too making plays. I mean, he yeah. he put his head down and drove a couple of times. I think things were opened up a little bit by the by the three point shots. That, that were made in particular for Miles Turner. Uh, so, I, you know, I, 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 a lot of circumstances, I think, that all, that all tie together with that. Let, let's go ahead and hear uh, some sound from Steve Kerr here. Uh, we'll keep it moving for about another 15 minutes or so. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey, Warriors wrap up a 95-7 the game. A uh, lot of chatter uh, about Stephen Curry, about the box and one against Steph, uh, and also uh, something we talked about earlier uh, Stephen Curry maybe being a little bit fatigued. Steve Kerr was asked about Steph and if he thinks Steph's getting a little bit tired. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think he's fatigued. I think it's seeing slightly different pictures, you know, in front of him, just with the defense that he's seeing. You know, being uh, basically teams are either you know jumping out and soft blitzing him, or you know playing a box in one like Indiana did quite a bit tonight. And so it's you know slightly different pictures. It's also a, a new team, as we've talked about. You know, during the first part of this season. And so a lot of guys aren't used to playing with Steph. So the, a lot of the secondary actions that maybe we would have gotten, you know, a, a few years ago, we're not, we're not quite ready to, you know, to, to see those, those pictures and, and add on those layers offensively. And, and that's got to come. We, we've got to do a better job, obviously. Yeah, a lot of different combinations and players. And I think there, there's just times it's where Steph gives it up and and guys not totally knowing how to get it back to him. I think that's that's probably the simplest way to try to explain what Steve Kerr's getting at there. 
Yeah, it's such a great point. I mean, if you think about it, uh, you know, normally Steph can can find his way out of any kind of a sticky situation, but you know, when, especially when he gets trapped high, and you know, it, it's just it, even for Steph Curry, it's it's too much of an ask, and then he gives up the ball, but they, they don't rotate over to the ball, the, the 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 ball handler. They just basically stay on Steph Curry, and then they try and get it back to him quickly. And you know, the the Pacers tonight, I thought their defensive rotations were on point. I mean, you knew what the game plan was Nate Bjorken didn't leave anything uh, to the imagination. It was, we're going to be all up in Steph Curry's mashed potatoes tonight. And, hey, look, we saw it with Beverly, and and, and teams are going to continue to do this, especially teams that have size and, and you know have a, a commitment to defense. If you want to beat the Golden State Warriors, slowing down number 30 is the way to do it. And, you know, we saw it again tonight. So this, this isn't a problem, quote-unquote, that's going to be going away anytime soon. They're going to have to figure this out, J.D., they are going to have to figure it out, and we talked about the box and one. Not the first time, obviously, that Steph has seen that, and and so Coach Kerr addressed uh, teams throwing the the box and one at Steph the way the Pacers did tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People are going to throw everything at Steph. That'll be a big theme this season, and we've got to do a better job getting comfortable attacking. You know what what people are throwing at us, and and we will we'll get better with it. And he went on to, to add, hey, if if teams are going to do that, it basically means we can play three-on-two on another part of the court. And, and basically trusting uh, the, that advantage is the, the point that they have to get to. The fact that if they're going to try to do that, you literally can play basically power play basketball, to use a hockey term, where you, sure. you have the advantage. And... I think the Warriors, you know, they, they haven't been patient enough with that. And I think they've found a balance of trying to get, you know, they want Steph to really be aggressive and attack and try to get to the rim, try to get to the free throw line. I think that's been kind of an underlying uh, positive force for the Warriors in the games that they've won. Steph only shot five free throws tonight. He missed two of them, yeah. odd. Uh, missed two of them on the same trip. Strange. It's crazy. But, yeah. But a lot of these games where he's gone off, he's gotten to the free throw line a lot. Uh, the Pacers did a good job not fouling. Maybe he was a little bit less aggressive. But when teams are throwing that at him, they have to trust the ability to play three-on-two at a different part of the court and know that they could get a layup or get a foul or get a wide-open look for somebody. Now, the, the other key to that is if you're going to get a wide-open look for somebody, they got to knock it down. Yeah, and when they're trapping Steph like that, it's you know usually so high out out of on the perimeter, and so there's so much space behind. There's so much room to operate, uh, but you just you you got to kind of find a way to to you know get through that maze, unlock that door, and that's where you know when at least when he gives it up to a guy like Draymond Green, you figure Draymond's going to make the right play, and 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 I think you hit on something key there when Steph gives it up. You don't need to give it right back to Steph. It's not, hey, let me, you know, Steph just gave it up to me so he can try and wiggle off one of these defenders and get some space so I can give it right back to him. No, like make another pass. Let Steph start moving again. Let him get back where he's just dealing with one defender. Make them honor the fact that you will move the ball and somebody else will will attack the basket, either, you know, take that open shot or put the ball on the floor and attack the cup. I mean, it's it's a numbers game at that point. You should be able to make them pay. The problem is... 
you don't have a lot of scoring out there. That's where Andrew Wiggins needs to go in hyper-aggressive mode, whoever he's out there playing with. And the other thing I'd like to see, J.D., uh, and I know Wanamaker had a really tough night tonight, but I'd like to see him out there playing with Wanamaker just a little bit more. Uh, that way, Steph can play off ball even more. Uh, so, so teams really can't afford to trap him like that. Um, that that'd be something I'd like to see going forward. I mean, they're going to have to come up with something because, uh, you know, it, it, Steph, this isn't going to, this isn't a problem that's going to go away anytime soon. But when, when you do get that ball out of Steph's hands, you don't need to get it back to him right away. I think that's a great point, and I think it's interesting when you mention maybe him playing with Wanamaker because it, tonight Damian Lee was the guy because Damian Lee was the guy making shots, and I think on some nights, though, it could be Wanamaker, and it could be Wanamaker with Wiggins and Oubre and maybe Draymond at five if if it's a night where you want to finish with Draymond at five. I think sure. the where it's going to get interesting is going to be if there's nights where maybe you want to go with Wanamaker and maybe a guy like Damian Lee and and maybe take Ubre off the floor. Now tonight wasn't that night. I think Wiggins is going to be out there no matter what, just because he's a he's a, a prolific scorer in this league. Uh, you know, it's somebody that can get you a bucket. Uh, so I think he's always going to be out there as the number two. But I think it's going to be interesting as time goes on. Not necessarily tonight, but to see if Steve Kerr will go away maybe from Kelly Oubre in some certain situations where, where Oubre uh, doesn't have it. The other, the other big theme of the night was the second unit missing Eric Paschal. Uh, I mentioned the 24-9 to with Wiseman in Paschal's place, the first basically four, three, four, uh, four, four five minutes of, of the second and fourth quarters. The Pacers outscored the Warriors 24-9 with Wiseman in that spot and the other four. Uh, here was Steve Kerr addressing not having Eric Paschal. Well, yeah, that's become a you know a, a really formidable group, and and obviously we've run most of our offense through Eric um, over these last four or five games with that group. So we missed him, but um, you know they didn't have Victor Oladipo. So you know this is uh, this is just how it's gone this season with for every team. There's a lot of absences, and you gotta you gotta be ready to roll no matter who you have out there. Yeah, got to be ready to roll and uh, really limited options with with Pascal out in, in the health uh, and safety protocols pertaining to COVID. So, I mean, there wasn't a lot he could do. He tried to set it up where Draymond could finish. Looney got Looney's minutes. Uh, I was surprised Juan Toscano-Anderson didn't play at all tonight. Yeah. He was active. They they burned a game. Uh, you know, he's limited as far as the amount of games that he's able to play. And they, they actually burned a game by having him active tonight and then didn't play him, which which was kind of strange uh, given the circumstances. Not that he was going to play the five, but, uh, but yeah, limited options. I think Steve Kirk got the group out there he wanted at the end. But Wiseman, just, it was just a different ball game w- without the ability to run it through Pascal. Yeah, no question. And that's if, you know, Pascal's going to miss some time. They're going to have to figure this out in a hurry um, because, uh, you know, you got Denver coming up next, J.D., and I watched that, that uh, you know, Nets-Brooklyn or that, that Nets-Denver game tonight, and, you know, uh, the Nets, uh, excuse me, Denver had the big lead. Nuggets, keep wanting to say Nets and Nuggets. Uh, Nuggets had a, a big lead in that game. I think they were up by 20 at one point, and, uh, and, and KD and the Nets just came roaring back. So uh, Denver will be in a bit of a cantankerous mood coming home, and, and then 
obviously you got the Suns who have been playing terrific, and then the champs after that. So uh, it's it's no easy ride for uh, for the Dubs coming up. And if they're going to be doing it without Eric Paschal, uh, it's going to be all hands on deck. And you know James Wiseman just going to have to continue to kind of take his lumps and uh, you know it, getting after the officials. That's that's uh, rookies don't get calls in the NBA. It's just that simple. Um, so he, he's just going to be best served keeping his head down and and keep grinding and, and keeping his feet on the ground uh, because he, he they just can't afford to have him in foul trouble. You're already thin at the five, and then with no Pascal on top of it, um, James Wiseman's going to need to play minutes. I thought Looney was was pretty good tonight. I, I think Sabonis wore him out a little bit in the second quarter when he had, what, I think 13 Sabonis did in that second quarter. Um, but by and large, I, I thought Looney, especially on the glass, was was pretty solid in his time. Um, but uh, they're, they're going to need Wiseman to just – you know, continue to, to grow and, and, and learn and, you know, accept the fact that there'll be a few bumps on the way, J.D. Uh, final cut here from Steve Kerr. Warriors lose to the Pacers, 104-95 the final. Uh, so a 4-3 and three homestand for the Warriors. Steve Kerr was asked how a 4-3 and three homestand sounds to him. Well, not as good as 5-2 and two would have sounded, but um, all in all, we're, we're making strides. We're Doing, I think, very well defensively in general, you know, uh, since the first couple of games, obviously. Draymond has changed our team in that regard. You know, Kelly and, and Andrew continue to play great defense out on the perimeter. I think Andrew had five blocks today. I thought Kelly's defense on uh, Malcolm Brogdon was a huge factor in the game. So a lot of a lot of really good signs and bright spots. So we're we're gonna get a lot better as we go. And I would say over the seven game homestand, we made some big strides. Yeah, I, I think they made some big strides considering when they played on January the first and they got thumped by the Blazers on January the first. We were having a lot of discussions about whether or not this team could beat a, a good or even compete against a good basketball team. So yeah. uh, for for Steph to go for 62 and them to beat a, a team like Portland, which figures to be a, a mid-level playoff team in the in the Western Conference, a team that the Warriors hope that they're going to be vying with, for or position with maybe for a five or a six seed uh, in the West, to, to beat them on that night, to back it up with a win against a Sacramento team that was really struggling, and then to, to go toe-to-toe with the Clippers twice and come back from down big to win, and then to win, you know, back that up with the game against Toronto. I kind of looked at tonight's game and the game against Toronto as almost an offset. Like, you didn't really yeah. deserve to lose both of them, but you probably didn't deserve to win both of them either. Yeah, I think that's fair. I was kind of thinking that same thing. I was like, well, you stole one the other night, and you kind of, you know, I'm going to say gave one away tonight, but uh, yeah, you, you probably should be one and one considering the effort of those two games. And, you know, you, you look at it to me, for me, JD, it was, it was the three minute mark tonight. I mean, you know, it's, it's tied at 90. Miles Turner hits that three. Uh, you know, Damian Lee gets a good look coming back the other way, misses. Holiday gets the layup. Uh, and, and then you get Brogdon, uh, blocking Draymond's layup. Um, they called the foul, but, you know, as you, if you're remember um you know the, the call got overturned uh they challenged and and it just and then after that just you know they get the tip and justin holiday makes a three and all of a sudden you look up you're like wait what what they're down eight like how did this happen it was just 90 to 90 a split second ago so uh, i can get away from you quick and i think that's what happened tonight but yeah i, I for sure four and three good homestand could have been a great homestand but you'll take the progress and uh it doesn't get any easier now so don't be don't get too uh don't stretch out too much patting yourself on the back because you got a tough three-game set coming up. Yeah, so the next three games will be on the road, mentioned at Denver on Thursday, Phoenix Friday, and then the Lakers on Monday, the Martin Luther King Jr. 
holiday. Uh, should let everybody know, too, as far as Denver goes, Denver's been dealing with some of the health and safety protocols themselves as uh, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, was in the protocol today, and Michael Malone revealed uh, after the ball game that Michael Porter Jr. actually had tested positive for the coronavirus. So that's the situation as far as Denver uh, goes as we start to look at at, at the next opponent. Uh, Phoenix was a team I know Indy uh, or Washington rather played Phoenix uh, yesterday I believe and. Washington had a game postponed. Uh, Rui Hachimura testified. They, they had a bunch of guys through contact tracing that were ruled out. I know they're trying to figure out all the contacts and everything. Phoenix just played them. Uh, so there could be some potential issues there. And then obviously we're going to have to wait and see what happens with, with Eric Paschal, who was placed in the health and safety protocols. Difficult stretch coming up for the Warriors in terms of opponent. But this is also the first time this season that the Warriors really are having to deal with the potential of, you know, maybe losing a guy here or there, or maybe having a, a game changed on the schedule. Uh, everybody's going to have to deal with it at some point, And the Warriors really haven't had to uh, since training camp. Yeah. Cost of doing business right now in the NBA. I mean, everybody's experiencing it and, and it's been a, a tough week for the league. You hope that the guys that are affected with COVID obviously get well and guys continue to do the right thing, rock the mask, socially distance, follow the protocols. Um, you know, guys will test positive. It's, it's just part of the deal. It's the world we're living in right now. So, um, you just hope that the damage can be limited and, you know, you got to be ready. I mean, that's just the bottom line. We got to be ready if the Warriors aren't planning to do, you know, to, to change our game plan, right? JD and, and, and so do the Golden State. Warriors and anybody playing in the NBA and anybody living on this planet right now. You're just taking it day by day, baby. Yeah, taking it day by day. So the Warriors will be back in action. A little bit of a later starting time for that game as it is a nationally televised game on Thursday night in Denver. 7 o'clock with the tip-off there with that game in Denver. Uh, So an 8 o'clock local tip there. Uh, And then we'll be on at 5.30 with Warriors Live on Thursday. And we're back tomorrow night. Final word tomorrow night is we'll be on here uh, on 95.7 the game uh, what Warriors roundtable I think tomorrow at six right and uh, you know we're gonna be and then we'll be on at seven o'clock and and going all the way from seven until ten so uh, good stuff man we're 11 games into this thing and uh, I think the Warriors are Warriors are looking pretty good so far at at six and five definitely looking better than they were when they were 0-2 yeah, no question. You, definitely one you would like to have gotten tonight, but you, you look back at this schedule uh, heading into this seven-game homestand. If you would have said four and three, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll take that all day and twice on Sunday. So uh, good good couple of wins here, some good learning experiences along the way. Hopefully Kelly Oubre is coming out of it. They're going to have to figure out how to unlock some of these defenses teams are throwing at Steph Curry. Hopefully Weissman will continue to develop. You get Pascal back soon, and uh, let's roll, baby. All right, that's going to do it for us. For Ryan Covey, I'm John Dickinson. Thanks to Ryan Mauser. Thanks to Bobby Spang. Thanks to Sterling Bennett. We're back tomorrow with the final word at 7 o'clock right here on 95.7 The Game. And we're back with Warriors basketball at 5.30 on Thursday for the next Warriors ball game as they take on the Denver Nuggets. That's going to do it. Pacers beat the Warriors tonight, 104.95. And you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.